Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, we are back with Series 3 of the Don't Buy Her Flowers podcast. I'm Steph. And I am currently very relieved that the kids are back at school and nursery after the Easter holidays. We're easing back into a routine, although I did just have a call from nursery to say uh, that Frank has said he's feeling a bit under the weather, so they're just waiting to see how he is and take his temperature and stuff. So that may be um, some joy (laughs) short-lived. Hopefully he's okay. Uh, it's just much easier to juggle everything when people are all in their correct places and we started to go a bit feral during the holidays but I was very lucky we actually got to go away over Easter and I think not having been away for a couple of years properly we'd kind of forgotten what holidaying with kids was like and there were some gorgeous moments um and Frank's now four so he was really excited about things I think he'll remember bits of the holiday which he hasn't previously um we just bring chaos with us. I don't know if it's because there's three of them or if it's because of who we are. Um, one child threw up on the plane on the way out, another threw up on the way back. I can confirm that the paper sick bags really do work, which I'd never tested out before. But um, only if the child gets it into the bag, it doesn't work if they miss the entrance. But yeah, so that was nice for everyone sitting near us. I think probably though, lots of people have got huge or put huge expectation on holidays and family gatherings and all the lovely things that we've missed in the last couple of years and actually we maybe need to lower expectations for the next I don't know six months and just enjoy the moments especially because there's so much going on in the world and yeah there's a lot I do feel calmer having kind of stepped off the treadmill and just been with Doug and the kids um even if it wasn't all lying down in cocktails, which, to be honest, it hasn't been that for a very long time. So, yeah, I'm going to hold on to those moments of calm. And um, my guest this week, someone who is flying through the rush hour herself, um, so it's Kate Lawler, who is a DJ, broadcaster, a huge force on Instagram, and she's been really honest about her first year of motherhood and how hard it was in her book, Maybe Baby, which was published recently. Um, And she's also obviously was the winner of Big Brother, I think 2002. Um, Yeah, 20 years. So we recorded this episode with Kate when she was having a particularly heavy week. Um, the, The book had just gone live and her partner had covid um, and she actually ended up in hospital so she talks us through what happened and we also talk about becoming a mum postnatal depression stress 
um, getting help when you're in that early phase and also the impact of having a child on her relationship with Bodge who she's marrying in just a few weeks um, she describes the rush hour and sort of that trying to reach happiness and seeing it just in front of her and just that there's so much to do and finding it impossible and she actually told me that she just handed in her notice at Virgin which she has now finished there um, so it's a perfect fit for us on this podcast as we pick up with Kate it's just she's kind of flying through this rush hour and you can hear how crackers her week was but it's been really lovely to watch actually since we recorded this and she's finished at Virgin and I think she's able to enjoy her daughter more which is what she really wanted to do so I hope you enjoy our conversation. I really love speaking to her. Good to see you again, babe. How are you doing? You've been swimming already this morning. It's only half fucking ten. <laughs> I know her swimming lessons are like 9am on a Friday. So it's like up, milk, breakfast, get ready, yeah. go swimming. Oh, yeah, that's why I was a little bit late on because I come home and I was like, I need, I need something to eat before I do yeah, this yeah, podcast because yeah. I'm starving. So I just made myself some peanut butter. Well, on you toast. don't want to be, so you don't want you fainting. But and you've just had a crackers <laughs> couple of weeks because your book's just come out. Are you all right? Is it like mad, crazy, mad? Uh, yeah, I ended up in hospital on Wednesday or Tuesday. Yeah, because I thought I was having a bloody heart attack. Steph. Oh my god. I didn't think I was, but when they were like, yeah, you need to call an ambulance. Basically, I woke up and my heart palpitations I've had on and off now for a couple yeah. of years. And they're really annoying. If you've ever had them, they're just, it's really annoying because it feels like your heart's beating out of your chest. Mm. And then, but they're normally just a nighttime thing, but now they're kind of like during the night. Anyway, I take CBD oil for them, which is yeah. really good and helping. However, last week, the uh, the handsome got COVID. Noah was really poorly because she'd had her annual jabs, like four yeah. in one day. And then like a week later, she developed a temperature. She wouldn't eat. She got a rash. It all happened last week when Bodge got COVID and I was trying to... Yeah, and your book it. came out. Bloody hell. Oh my God. It was just like the week. It was just such a full on... We couldn't have any... Normally we have like help from yeah. his mum. She does two days a week. And um, we have a babysitter once a week as well. But we couldn't have anyone over because Bodge had COVID. So I was trying to do that. Oh my word, it was just, it was so intense. And then I think that's why I was just a bit. Yeah. But anyway, I'd had a pain in my left arm radiating down from like all the way down my left arm. Classic symptom of a heart attack. I know, right? And then I woke up on Tuesday, but it was in both arms when I woke up. Oh, and I and I had the heart palpitations in the morning. And I was like, this is random. I don't normally get them in the morning. And I left the house as I do every day around half nine, 10 it was to walk the dogs and Noah. And as we were walking up the hill, up towards Ali Pali, like it's about a 50 meter walk. I hadn't been walking five minutes and I was like that. And I was like, why am I out of breath? And then my mm. chest went really tight. So I sat down and drank some water yeah. and then I rung Bodge and he was like, just call the GP, just see if you can get into the doctors. And then I rung the GP and they were like, yeah, we can't see you till next Thursday. So I went online to 111 and it was like, call an ambulance now. Yeah. And I was just like, no, I'm not calling an ambulance because that's just, I don't need an ambulance. But then, like, the heart palpitations didn't go away. My pain was just... It was weird that it was in both arms as well. Because mm. I thought when it was in one arm, I'd just trapped a nerve or something. Yeah. So then I, and then I thought about it. And then I rung Bodge and he was just like, I think you should just... I think you should just call an ambulance like it's told you to do. Yeah. And see what they say. So I did. I was like, hi, I've been on 111. It says call an ambulance, but I don't think I need an ambulance. Can you just confirm? And she was like, what are your symptoms? And I said, she was like, you need an ambulance. You need to make sure you're not having an <laughs> That's on the, like, yeah. Fine. They go through the tick box, don't they? And they go, no, yeah. that's, that's ambulance, mate. Yeah, that oh, could God. be. 
Yeah. Stress. So then I was in hospital for five hours, but the guy reckons it's stress. He was like, look, I don't know how stressed your life is. Only you could, you know, only you know how stressed you are, Mm. but you're fine. Your blood's, everything's come back normal. I don't think you're having a heart attack or a stroke. You just, it sounds like it's stress to me. Part of the podcast is about like the rush hour and this overwhelm that we're all in. And that's a lot that you had going on. And like you didn't have your normal safety nets of someone's coming in to do that, but if babysitting and someone's going, and you're doing even more because you're doing, you're on bloody telly. And you're talking about trauma, like you're talking Mm -hmm. about postnatal depression. So maybe that, like reliving it as well. It's probably, we could have almost probably predicted it was going to be it's so hard. You're right, you're right. Yeah, I guess there's something about reliving it and like talking about, what's in the book a lot in one week yeah because there was a lot of podcasts and live interviews like tv radio and stuff yeah so yeah I guess when you think when you like right let's think about how stressful the week's been or what's yeah. been happening yeah um but also it feels like I said to Bodge the other day it feels like I am running towards the finish line and the finish line is like I'm running a race and the finish line is my happiness. And I'm running towards that finish line. Mm. Like the finish line is a calm, happy place. But like all of these things are running up beside me and pulling me back and like stopping me from getting there. Mm. And they, they, all those things are like work, pressure of being a mum, pressure to keep the house or like, do you know what I mean? All these yeah. things. So I feel like, and I was like, I feel like I'm never going to get there. Mm. But I've actually just handed my notes in, I'm leaving Virgin. Have you? I heard, I, yeah. I heard you say that you were thinking of taking a career break. Yes. And that is why I feel like this podcast is perfect to talk about it because I have tried to do the juggle and do everything. Mm-hmm. And I really thought that because I do a million things at once that I'd be okay just working at Virgin, writing the book, looking after Noah, trying to have, you know, be a girlfriend and like a mum to the dogs and doing all of this stuff, all yeah. the other little jobs I do. I tried to do it all, but it's impossible. I found it impossible. And I think yeah. that's why I've become so stressed. And, you know, Bodge sent me, when I was in hospital, he sent me a link to the NHS website, which is, um, there's a segment under there for stress and it's got physical symptoms, mental symptoms and behaviours. Yeah. And I swear, I took I tick every single one of them. Yeah. Oh, and and so I know it's stress. When you're a doer, right? I've, I've heard you say you're a doer. So we go into overdrive which almost makes it worse but you, it's like I can do this I can do this I can do this and then it takes something like oh, I might be having a heart attack for you to go oh mm-hmm. fuck no I can't I can't actually do it all and none of us can like mm-hmm. it's impossible do you know what someone tweeted oh fuck you this tweet oh. was ridiculous somebody actually tweeted that they'd got my book um just saying brilliant interview on the rain I love your book as a mum of a nearly eight month old it's so refreshing for somebody to be so honest about how bloody hard it is more conversations like this please it's really nice to get feedback like that because it makes me feel like you know I'm not the only person who's experienced this and someone wrote motherhood has been the same for everybody since time began but suddenly Mm. it's become a phenomenon has society encouraged us to believe it's so difficult because it demands time and enduring patience and people want everything without effort and then get a bloody shock and I was like how can you say motherhood is is has been the same for everyone like since time began like Mm. it's just such a naive and ignorant like statement and you know the person who initially said oh I uh, uh, thank you for your appearance on the main she put 
I do not agree. Some mothers have trauma throughout pregnancy, labour and the newborn stage. This can severely change how hard it is to cope. Myself with a premature sick child, for example, including your own recovery from labour, be kind. And I sort of backed her up saying exactly like that's the one thing about motherhood. Every single person on the planet has a unique experience. And for some women, it's a positive experience. For some women, it's really, really traumatic and there's nothing positive about it at all. And for others, it's, you know, a mixture of of the two. But also, if you're meant to pretend that it's all great, then it's so dangerous. It'd be, it's dangerous. Yeah. And the thing is, with podcasts like this and, you know, I think with women being a lot more open on social media about the struggles and the trials and tribulations of motherhood, it's it, it's going to help so many women. But I think to myself, who who was having these conversations before? Like, how did women cope before social media came along? Because in most books, it's more about here's how you can be a great mom. Here's how you can get your baby to sleep. Here's how you can get your baby to eat. But there were, I didn't, you know, I couldn't find really many books on the possible, you know, how the possible feelings you might experience or what you might go through as a new mom, you know? And it changes, I suppose, because because a book written like 10 years ago would be different to how, what you might need five, 10 years on because we're in a different world. Like even when I had my first, so he's 11, I don't think I wasn't on Instagram like it's changed and I think actually it was easier that there wasn't as much knowledge mm. I mean you had inter- we did ha- we did have the internet when I had him so you could <laughs> look stuff up that was when like mum's net was really thriving because it was mm-hmm. you know there's chat rooms and being able to say stuff but I didn't have a conscious I didn't really know what other people were doing and how they were doing it and that possibly made it easier um but I still tortured myself horribly you do and look at look at women before there were even books like when you think centuries ago there was literally the milk from your breast and that's all you could give your baby before like how can anyone say motherhood has been the same for everyone before time began I mean it's the most ludicrous that's really stuck with me that tweet it's like just so angered me it's really difficult because you've got that uh, that opinion's coming in like it's a really uncertain time you're a year in it's it's still challenging I would I mean I just from what I my own experience it was still really challenging they're still little and then you've got people feeding you their opinion and advice advice sometimes good sometimes like there's too much but just that constant noise from people must be exhausting everyone warned me did you get that when you were first pregnant like as soon as I announced my pregnancy everyone said prepare for the, everyone's advice you're going to be advice. overloaded and it's going to be really overwhelming and the, mm. I mean parenting opinions are like assholes everybody's got one but the thing is a lot of it is belief based <laughs> so you kind of you you kind of believe right okay that sounds like good advice I'll try that but n- what works for one person might not necessarily work for you so a lot yeah. of advice can be good but it can also feel really overwhelming when everyone's telling you to do something different or giving you a little bit of a oh do you do that oh do you do it that way (laughs) like yeah yeah, oh we didn't do it like that and you're like "Ah, oh we didn't do it like that you you don't know you've got no idea because you've never done it before and then if you do it with another kid again they're different so it's I don't want to feel horrible I don't want to feel mean but like my so many of my mates when they announced their pregnancies after I'd had Noah Mm. I just I didn't mm. want to give them any advice. And that sounded like I'm not going to be mm. there for them. But I was like, listen, I'm not going to give you any advice because I feel like you're probably going to get enough anyway. But if you have any questions yeah. for me, feel free to ask. Because then I thought the yeah. ball's in your court. I think, and that's it. And just checking in, like, yeah. are you okay? Mm-hmm. Not like, have you given them a dummy yet? Like, 
fuck off. No one could, like, that's the stuff that you just don't need to have a conversation about, do you? It's, I know. You've talked about having postnatal depression and, and massive anxiety. So that would have been even more heightened hearing from oh, people yeah. saying. Especially when the mother-in-law's opinion was different to my own mum's. So you've got one person oh. telling you to do this. Yeah. And the other person telling you to do that. And you're like, one more person gives me an opinion or advice. Yeah. I'm going to lock myself in the cupboard and I'm never going to come out. Yeah. It's really overwhelming. And yeah, I guess I was thinking the other day. No, it was just yesterday. I was just thinking yesterday about how like those early days, my twin sister would come over on a Friday with my mum and they like do all our washing, change the bed sheets and clean the house and help us. And I just think... I can't actually believe what a state I was in. Like I was <laughs> I was the equivalent of a zombie in an apocalypse yeah. Yeah. who, like, I just cannot believe. It's only now I realise how bad it got. I don't think mm. I realised at the time just how low I was. You know, even just today, driving in the sunshine, getting Noah out of the car, taking her swimming, I just feel in a, such... I feel in such a better place but also I find I'm not letting things stress me out perhaps it's because I find it easier because you know she is more sturdy and I can sit her down on the mat and just go over and not worry about her calling her like when they're so tiny yeah I just I'm they're so fragile you're so paranoid that you're going to hurt them or break them or anything do you know what I mean and you're also just really quite new to it so you're not you haven't got the confidence you have I can just remember with my second walking into like a kid's party and it was just chaos and noise and it was almost like everybody was moving around me and I was just like fuck they don't know how I feel they don't know how awful Mm. I feel and I'm still smiling and that's what's really weird because I suppose you kind of think oh if I have depression I'll just be in bed Uh and I won't be able to do anything but actually you were still doing you were still feeding you were still getting up like you might not have particularly showered but you're still yeah I don't know and so you can't you don't you're like well I don't think I'm that bad and then you look back and go oh shit yeah that was and you and you do you just function because you have to while for some they will stay in bed and they Mm. can't get out physically cannot get out of bed but because I'm a doer I I felt like I had no choice and I had to get things done and I had to just put on a brave face and just swallow it and accept that that's you know I've made my bed now and this is what my life is like at the time I didn't think it was going to ever get better and I was never going to be happy again which isn't true but I just could not see further than like what was in front of me right there and then Mm. and yeah it's a really horrible thing to experience but it's it's crazy how your feelings change like as quickly as your children do like Noah is changing and evolving and Mm. just it's blowing my mind but also like I am finding it easier and I'm finding I've got more room to breathe and I'm not letting things I'm not allowing things to stress me out as much as they used to um but it is I also think it's a confidence thing not that I would have another one but I I imagine Mm. that with your second you just feel so much more confident maybe Mm. not but because you know, you know. It took me my third. My third was the one that I felt yeah. like I'd nailed it. A yeah. bit. <laughs> my second, I still, I think I thought, oh, well, I should know what I'm doing. So I almost went overboard on like, I can be out and about and doing and all yeah. this stuff. And then was like, no, you twat, you need to lie down. Like, just sit, sit down, stop. Talk. But by the third one, I was like, no, that's when I had the doula. And I was yeah. like, I know what, I need to recover. Like, this mm-hmm. is a massive deal mentally, physically. But it's really hard to know that with your first you yeah. just can't you can't and, and you said like why did no one tell me and you felt like everyone 
no one had told you how it feels. But it's really difficult, isn't it? Because everybody says that same phrase. Oh, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. It's really hard, but it's totally worth it. And it's just quite a flippant phrase. <laughs> like, that. This isn't worth I it. I should have said, okay, <laughs> let's sit down over a coffee. And can you break that down? Let's break it down over an hour conversation. Let's go deep yeah. with what do you mean by it's the hardest thing you'll ever do? And yeah. maybe if you were to ask the right person, uh, they would like tell you the truth. But I was talking to Scummy Mummies the other day and Ellie yeah. said, she said, when, you, you know, I was very careful about what I said to you when we did the podcast. I was very, you know, positive about everything. And I was, I guess in a way, I was trying to tell you that it was great. Like it was the best thing you'll ever do, but I didn't want to scare you because I was worried that you might not, you might not ever do it. And I think it's something that you should, I thought it was something that you should experience because look, you've got Noah now. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. And I appreciate mm. that. But I don't want to scare parents. All I want to do is warn them that they might feel like I did because nobody actually told me. And since I wrote my book and since I was really honest on Instagram, so many people I know, not just loads of women on Instagram who I'm friends with, it's mm. genuine best mates, my yeah. sister, all admitted to feeling low and feelings of despair and anxiety and stress and resentment. And they all admitted feeling like this mm. during their pregnancy, during the first few months of having a baby, but they never told me at the time. And it's mm. the same response. I said, why didn't you, why didn't you share how you were feeling? And all of them just said, because I was too worried about being judged or I just thought, you know, I had to get on with it. And none of my friends and none of the other lot were said how like that they were struggling so it's just it's such a I don't know I feel like it's such an expectation that we're supposed to kind of know what we're doing or just enjoy everything and you know because biologically we can give birth and can grow a human and can it's guilt mm. as well isn't it it's guilt because you're like oh and I think we're very aware now that we probably weren't 20 30 years ago of how many people would like to have mm. a baby and can't yeah. for whatever reason and so then you're like, oh, God, that makes you feel even you're worse. So like yeah. it's that you you should be enjoying, mm -hmm. relishing every minute. And people who are further down the line, really annoyingly, will say, oh, cherish it because, you know, this is the best bit or enjoy every moment. I didn't. It's like, no, there's a reason mm -hmm. you didn't because it's really mm -hmm. fucking hard. And you, you yeah. can't. Like, I, I, I don't think I know many people who didn't find mm. it hard same it is really like it is it's, just it's like nothing I've ever experienced and I I know mm. I bang this drum quite a lot but it's it's been the hardest year of my life like I feel like I've come out of the darkness totally like I genuinely love spending time with Noah and you know you get so much back once they're one but like just the first year I really did struggle to enjoy the days and it would go it would be like a a lot of people would say oh, I've had a bad day today it would vary like you could have a good hour and then have a really bad hour but then have another good hour mm. I didn't see it in days I used mm. to measure it in hours because I'd wake up maybe have a great hour and then have like three really bad hours with Noah and then the rest of the day would be great but it would just be like such a roller coaster of emotions on it, like every day. It wouldn't just be a bad day. You would be up and down all the time. And that that roller coaster as well. I can remember I would 
text Doug and say like, oh, yeah, no, we're having a great day. And it would be like two o'clock. Can't wait to see you. And then he'd walk in the door literally a couple of hours later. I'd be like, fuck, like, like crying. Crying your eyes Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. I thought you were having a good day. Yeah. It's so true, isn't and they're it? Like, they're so mind blown. Like, how was Bodge? Because Doug would be like, I don't know what I'm going to get, like, because I would be so erratic. And it was because it was just that, well, we had a good hour when I messaged you. I was feeling all right. And now I'm not. Um, I'm amazed Bodge didn't have a breakdown, if I'm honest with you, because, you know, there was me with postnatal depression. Mm. There was Noah, newborn, so not the easiest age to deal with. Mm. There was Baxter and Shirley who were adjusting to life with a newborn. And Baxter's just a mizog. Like, he just constantly cries because he wants food or attention. (laughs) And then Shirley's constantly barking out in the garden because she's seen a cat or something like that. So he's dealing with Shirley being naughty, me crying, Baxter moaning. Noah just, like, having shit off her back and <laughs> like, do you know what I mean like I'm, I'm amazed I'm amazed he's still here I'm amazed he's still with me I'm amazed he wants to marry me <laughs> he's been a rock basically I'm really lucky and fortunate to have somebody who's so present as a dad in those first few months but he was also I'm really fortunate to have somebody who's who works for themselves so he was able mm, to take longer mm. and when I needed the help the most he was able to take extra paternity and he also like put his foot down and said we're getting help we are getting a doula, whether you like it or not. Yeah, yeah. there was a point, wasn't there, where he was like, enough is yeah. enough. Yeah. Everyone was crying and he was like, right. So was that, and that that was when you started to get help. Yeah, it was him. It was him who did it and him who forced me, forced me. <laughs> I'll say Well, yeah, again. because you were like, I, mean, I can do this, I can do yeah, this. And you... But he, he said, you're getting a therapist. You're having therapy. You need to speak mm. to somebody because you won't speak to me. And I don't know what I can more I can do. I'm trying yeah. so hard to do everything to help you Bless get better, you. but it's not working. So mm. he, you know, put me in touch with the therapist. He found a doula through our uh, Emiliana, who did this mindful birthing course with us. She's recommended Siobhan and Siobhan came round and I was like, oh, I'm just, I feel like a failure. You do. You feel like I should be able to do this on my own. But mm. it really does take a village and nobody would question if you're, you know, a family member or a friend came over to help you and stayed over the night. And mm. so that's why it's so important to and have did, people around you. How how were you to him? Because I felt massive rage and it happened after all three kids. So I I could have held it together in front of other people most of the time, apart from those times that you do just burst into tears. Towards Doug, I was just livid with him the whole time. So resentful. Yeah, you do though, you take it out on the person you love the most, but also they're with you. And you're not mm. seeing that many people. I mean, especially in lockdown, we didn't. That's why, as well, we got to do it because we didn't couldn't actually have family over to help us because of the whole bubble thing, and everyone had their bubbles. Yeah. But you are. I was the same as you. There was, you know, I was harboring a lot of resentment because he was going to, he was getting back to his old life, and I wasn't. Yeah. It feels like they're just yeah. having a lovely time, yeah. right? even though he did he did help a lot. But it was very much like yeah, he's yeah. going to the gym, he's going to work, he's at work having adult conversations and a. Uh, a chat by the coffee machine and I'm sat here and one tit out like haven't washed my hair in days not even brushed my teeth yeah. look like a mess Noah's crying I, you know when they're living a life that you know because you've mm-hmm. lived that life which is to be a grown-up where you haven't got a kid hanging off you yeah. it's really difficult to not feel resentful yeah really difficult but it is short-lived and if you understand that it's normal to feel that and your partner can understand that as well as physical recovery, it's, you know, you've gone through nine months of growing a human, all kinds of strange 
things happening to your body and your mind and then you have to go through birth which for some can be a breeze but for others it can be a really traumatic and long and drawn out experience and then after days of perhaps in labor you're then given a baby and the baby might be exclusively breastfeeding from you like the partners honestly have to understand how much Mm. the mum has gone through that just they need to step up more than ever before and I feel so sorry for mums who are expected to just do everything Mm. because it's really hard like the most oh I think it was my brother who his mate was saying to him oh because my brother's uh, had a baby just before I did and um his mate was saying oh my missus is at home all day with the kid I get home she hasn't even done me dinner (laughs) and I you know and I'm just like that oh it's such a it really bugs me they have no idea like do you know what mate why don't you just why don't I leave at 7 a.m with you with the baby and I'll come home at around 7 p.m. See what's happening. And let's just see how you've got on with the child and see how clean the house is and see if you've got dinner on the table for yeah. me. Because it's impossible. It is a full-time job and I was so naive to not realise that before I had now. Yeah. I used to like mock my twin sister because on her Facebook page she'd have full-time mum yeah. and I'd be like, ha, you take your kids to the park. Yeah. And I was so out of order to yeah, her. I feel yeah, really yeah. bad yeah. about that now. Because it's a full-time gig. Also, if you're a doer, then, you know, if you're not, the moment your baby goes down for a nap, you are, right, let's see how much I can do while she's mm. down. I can put a wash on. I can tidy up. I can put the di- like, unload the dishwasher, stack it again, make myself a bit bite to eat. You know, you just do all life admin, emails. You try and fit there's so much in. There's always stuff to do. Just, yeah. yeah. And that, is. again, that it took to the third one to go. As soon as they, I got them to sleep, I did just lie down. But only because yeah. I knew, right, this is a long haul and, I've, and I'm going to have to try and get through the next year or whatever, however long it is. But I, you couldn't, know, you can't know that with your first. So actually, yeah, when someone no. says, oh, you need to nap, you need to sleep when the baby's sleeping, you're just like, <sighs> I, I can't. But when you you can and it does help, but it's, a, yeah. it's really hard. I think even just if you can lay down when the baby yeah. sleeps, because I was, I found it impossible to sleep when Noah slept because I'd either just had a You're a bit hyper as well. Shot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd rather just had a shot of coffee because I needed it. Or there was so much rallying around my mind where I was replying to, you know, everyone at the beginning is always messaging you, asking if you're okay. So you're replying to messages. And even if you can just lay down on the sofa close your eyes, do a bit of meditation or listen to something chilled on YouTube or watch some trash TV or watch a documentary or just do anything, but just lay down. Because yeah. I think that's more important than to just have that 30 minutes or half an hour, like 45 minutes or an hour or however long they're sleeping yeah. for, just to have downtime, rest time, rather than running around trying to make sure the house looks perfect well, when it doesn't really matter. And you, you said that you feel like you've worked too or you worked too much because originally you were meant to go back to work after like 12 weeks because you obviously you wouldn't have known. <laughs> I thought it felt like such a long what, time. 12 weeks. I know, but well, one of my team has just went on maternity leave in September. She's like, I'll probably be off three or four months. And we were like, mm-hmm. I just was like, I can't say. No, you won't. <laughs> you just go, yep. Okay, well, we're speaking a bit. She's not. You do though. Only until you have a baby do you realize. I used. I I remember saying to my boss, like, I'll probably yeah, three months, three months. Because you think about it in terms of holiday. You go. So normally I'll take a week off work for a holiday, and like sometimes I'll take two weeks off for a holiday. Now Mm. I've got twelve weeks, so like it's not going to be a holiday. Of course, I'm not trying to say that, but like twelve weeks. Whenever I'm off work for two weeks, it feels like ages. Long Twelve time. weeks is, is such a long yeah. time. Yeah. But it flies. 
Oh, well, do you remember the six week summer holidays when you were a kid? It like, feels like forever. It's so long. And, and then genuinely yeah, 12. thought 12 weeks would be enough. Yeah. My one regret, I, there's only one regret I have since having Noah. And my one regret mm. is that I didn't stop work fully and just be present and be a mum. Well, because your work is your work is also social media and stuff, right? So yes. then it's it's very hard, I imagine, to just go, right, that's I'm off. Yeah. And I'm always worried about money. So because I wasn't getting paid any maternity leave from Virgin Radio, I thought, right, I have to do carry on the brand stuff. Yeah on Instagram so I have to keep working and filming and editing and uploading and post you know doing all this stuff that comes with it and I just regret taking on so much when Noah was so little because it just meant that I wasn't present enough and I was always worrying about work when she went to bed so then I never got any downtime no. and then it meant that Bodge and I you know our relationship got pushed to the bottom of that priority yeah. pile yeah. and we couldn't do anything you know we been on two date nights on our own in a year yeah unacceptable like it's not fair and I just regret not having that time with her that precious I mean obviously I think because I found the first nine months so incredibly challenging and I felt you know all kinds of emotions that it didn't feel like any time I did spend with Noah was kind of quality time because my mind wasn't there I was Mm. I was out of my mind I was Mm. you know the feelings of desperation and you know, loneliness, even though I had so many people rallying around me, I just, I couldn't really, you know, there wasn't a time where I spent with Noah where I felt happy enough. Do you know what I mean? And then at nine months, when finally I started to feel better, I was back at work. I was starting to write the book. And so everything just kind of piled on top of me. So that's why I decided to take a break from radio. You've got a wedding coming up as well. So yeah, we don't just swap one. Yeah, you just add that. In. Take one out, add one. Stop well, at least you're not just adding something else in. No, do you know what it is? The wedding. We haven't even done much in terms of prep, so that's what's going to take priority now. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take a break from radio because I I just find it all too much at the minute. And my boss has been so kind and supportive and said the door at Virgin is always open when I want to go back. Amazing. But right now, there's lots of other things I want to focus on. What the first and most important thing is Noah. Yeah. I want to be present and I want to enjoy some days with Noah before she starts nursery like I want to go on mum and daughter day days out yeah. like I want to take her to the science museum or you know take her down to Beckenham like it's quite a long way to my parents but like take her to see my parents for the day mm. and not be worrying like because I can't do that at the minute with Virgin because I have her in the mornings and my day starts at one o'clock with Virgin well, do, so it's just impossible. Do you feel relieved now you've made that decision? huge weight has been yeah. lifted off my shoulders so I feel so like that's good. When you I know stop, it's right then yeah like I feel like the day I stop working on virgin even though they were really flexible with me and I was only doing three days a week it was kind of three those those three days I used to find the hardest because Bodge was obviously going to work Monday Tuesday Wednesday so yeah. I'd have Noah from the moment she woke up until one o'clock when she went to sleep and then as soon as she went down I was on you know the, a zoom call to my producer we'd chat about the show at 1.45, I'd have 15 minutes to get ready, leave the house, childcare would arrive, Bodge's mum, and then I'd go get on the train to work, get there at three, go through all the music, grab a coffee, and then I wouldn't get home till eight o'clock at night. Yeah. So it was like half day so with Noah, then the radio. And I was honestly, by, you know, coming home at eight and just being like, wow, that was a long day, but three days a week. And then that meant Thursday, my day with Noah, I was, it was, it was fine, but like, is, is the only day I really got with her and I just feel so exhausted mm. so I just want to be more present and I want to spend some quality time with her and we're still going to have childcare on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday yeah. so that I can do the jobs I need to do yeah. and yeah 
Bodge and I are doing another podcast and we've been trying to get off the ground for like a year and we haven't had time because of everything else that's going yeah, on. Yeah. So that's going to, you know, take priority as well. I suppose as well, when you've got a job that is desirable, like we spoke with Annie Mack and she was saying when she had her first kid, she went back to work quite quickly because she was like, you in this kind of job, you don't know who else is queuing up behind you or you know that there mm-hmm. are loads of people queuing up behind yeah. you. So it doesn't feel that safe. So almost you make that decision like, I've got to go back, I've got to go back. And yeah. now you've had a bit of time to go, actually, is this what I want to do? You mm-hmm. can make a decision, but that's really difficult. And I think probably loads of yeah. women feel like that with work. Like, oh, if, I, if I'm if i not there, I'll get replaced. Uh-huh. I imagine that, yeah. Yeah. And also you're, you you are told that once you go back to work, you'll feel better, you'll feel more like you. Yeah. You will have some you time, you'll get to miss your child so that you're really excited to go back and see them and it'll make you a better parent. And I think I had to go back to Virgin to test the water to see if that did make me happier because I was quite miserable for the first nine months. So I was like, oh, maybe once I go back to work, that's when I'll feel better about everything. And in a way, like I did love getting out of the house and being away from Noah and just being Kate, the radio DJ rather than Kate, the mum. And I loved having time apart from her. And I obviously love the buzz of live radio and I work in such a great um, part of London in in a great building with really nice people. But I just, I, I was, I was there and I was going through the motions and I was doing my show and coming home and I was just thinking to myself, I'm just not happy. I think I just need a break from this mm. and I want to focus on other projects. And I just want more days with Noah that are less like, oh, now I've got a day with Noah, but I'm absolutely exhausted and I've still got a million things on my to-do list. Yeah. You know? I'm only going to do this once, Steph. So I just want to enjoy it while I can, while she's still this young. Yeah. Because like- the next thing she'll be off to nursery and then school and then like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I heard you say that you feel guilty about her not being at nursery. But do you know what? They don't, they don't, they just sit like puddings at this point, like, you know, or they toddle about, but they don't. I think you said you feel guilty that she's not socializing with other kids. Yeah. But she's got, yeah, we just, you and she's got the people you see and. I know, but we were swimming this morning and this mum came in with her little boy and he was like exactly the same height as Noah. In fact, they were, he was 18 months old. Yeah. But um, same, so I realised, made me realise how tall Noah, Noah is, unless he's just a really short little yeah. kid. But she she saw him and she was so happy to see him. <laughs> Never seen him in his life, right, in her life. She waved at him and then she crawled over, dragging her back leg like she'd just been shot. She's honestly, her crawl is so funny. She looks like she's crawling out the trenches. Mm-hmm. She crawled over to him and she started touching his belly button and he was like walking around her and she was like shuffling <laughs> around in her bum, really laughing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I love the fact that you, she just loves babies and she loves being around yeah, other yeah. babies. And it won't be long until she does start nursery. Yeah. But yeah, there were there were there there was an element of guilt when I decided to defer her place because I just didn't feel like she was ready yeah like because she wasn't walking and she's still not walking and I just yeah it just didn't feel right and I had to go with my gut I thought now is not the time I think she'll be ready when she's 18 months so I am trying to see you know this this is as well another reason why I'm leaving Virgin as well because I want time to go and hang out with my friends Mm. and the babies that are Noah's age so that she can socialize with other kids We've spoken to loads of women and they've all talked about mum guilt. And it's, I wish you could take it away because it's like, it's such a, and it makes you make decisions that may not even be the right ones or because you're constantly torturing yourself about what you should be doing. And actually everyone's doing as much as they can. Like, yeah, you've got to, you can't compare yourself to others. You know, we, the whole nursery thing, my friend was like, why are you putting her in nursery anyway? I was like, oh, because I thought everyone did it once. Yeah. That's such a dumb ass. She was like, why are you, do you need to send her to nursery? And I said, no. 
she said, why are you doing it then? I was like, isn't that everyone, isn't that what everyone yeah, does yeah. now? Doesn't everyone send their babies to nursery yeah. at one? I thought, I thought that's what we had to do. Yeah. She said, no, most people do it because they need to go yeah, to work. Yeah. But you don't need to because you're only doing three days a week and you've got Bodge's mum twice a week and you've got babysitter the other yeah. day. So I don't get it. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but you just do. You kind of just follow. Yeah, we, you're like sheep, like, oh, that's what they're doing. So that's what we must yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also everyone everyone goes, well, you've got to get their names down for nursery. Yeah. Got to get their names down for yeah. nursery way in advance. So then you're like, oh, so the expectation is I'm going to send her to nursery. Yeah. Whereas I went playgroup when I was three and I'm Fun. Yeah, you yeah, exactly I mean? like, same. That's what my mum did with me. I don't know what she did yeah. on the other days, just palm me around people. There was, I'm one of six, so there was, it was probably like, oh, you, you can go with that one. That one's a bit older. They'll look after you. Yeah. But I think, yeah, and, and also mums who do, or parents who put their kids into nursery, would also kind of justify it with like, oh, they're so sociable. They love it at nursery. They love it. It's like, yeah. well, actually, they probably would also like it at home with you. Like mine, mine all went to nursery and I was working. And actually, Frank was the only, my last, was the only one that I put, I, I had his name down before he was born because I was running the business. And I was like, I know I'm going to need some, something, a couple of days by the time he's Organized. seven months. Yeah, but I didn't do yeah. the other two. But people it's like that oh yeah no it, it's um yeah they love it they love it because they have to say that because then it makes them feel yeah. better about what they've done but none of it so funny you say that I was in where was I and these two women were talking oh that was it I was I took Noah to a little soft play thing the other day and I was just playing with her um with these like blocks and stuff and I heard these two women talking about nursery um, and she was like, is, is he enjoying nursery? And she was like, oh, he loves it. Loves it. Loves it. I was like, your kid can't even speak. How do you know he loves it? <laughs> he laps up the pasta. and He it... wasn't even talking. I was like, was he come home and say, I love yeah, that mum? Yeah. No, he doesn't. He's going to even speak. But she was like, he loves it. She went, and he's learned so much. Like he's learned this and he's learned that. Anyway, they were having this conversation and she was like, oh yeah, my son loves it too. And he, he's, he's like, he's actually learning now to do this and do that. And then I started feeling so guilty. I came home and I said to Bodge, I feel bad. But it does. It makes you think, bullshit. oh wow, they've learned to do bullshit. this. They're learning to do this but the thing is I am such I feel like a bloody nursery teacher like honestly when I'm at home with Noah I am going through animals you with her give it hard got, like, these, yeah I'm like <laughs> counting with her yeah. like she I say where's your nose she points to her nose yeah. now where's your oh, head she points to her head age. like I'm teaching her stuff yeah. like I am doing my best yeah. at home and that's perfectly fine and there's the baby club on tv as well and I do go to I said I'd never do it I never thought I'd be that person but I take her to like a parent and baby group on a Thursday yeah. and there's like sings uh, songs in a circle and then they they go on she goes on like a baby trapeze swing and oh there's God. a ball pit and there's a climbing like wall and it's insane and she loves it and I love it because she loves it yeah. like I'm like I can't actually believe I'm singing the wheels on the bus here in the circle yeah 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 you're like I but used to be really someone it's like, like... I used to DJ and I beat yeah. her <laughs> yeah. I was cool and now I am loving wheels on the bus yeah. at soft play what's Mine happened the to bobbin me? up was always my favorite because <gasps> the actions are just great that's one of her favorites <laughs> yeah. when we sing one the bobbin she does this she rubs her little hands together she's so cute but it's great like I love doing things like that with her and that's enough at the moment yeah. and I'm sure she's going to be fine she is going and she's to be, not gonna, she's like, not gonna be kind. stunted but you do I know you feel guilty and then other women feel guilty for them sending their yep. kids to nursery because they've got to go to work it's whichever like you do cycle. I don't think there's a yeah. win because if you completely stayed at home you'd probably go a bit mad I mean you might go a bit mad but also you'd feel like you needed to do everything so amazingly because you've devoted I know women who've done that and then they feel like they've got to get it so right because they've mm -hmm. given up that career or they've paused that career and so they're at home but equally yeah. if you're working it's basically you can't win you can't win and you'll be doing no, a better so job true. than you will ever ever give yourself credit for for sure yeah 
My worry is that she's spending a lot of time with me and that she's getting a little bit clingy. That's my only But worry. even if she is, it won't but she won't be sixteen and still like holding on to you desperately. She won't. <laughs> Can you imagine if she was yeah, there? Yeah. You're really funny. So, that's the and they and they change. And I I used to really yeah. torture myself that I'd ruined my kids when they were like Noah's age. Like if they did something or they smacked another kid or you know like push someone over or they wouldn't share you're like yeah. oh god they're gonna be this awful human and it's, they're not and they're pretty minor right they're, they're, they're it's funny isn't it how they all have these behaviors yeah the, you know. it's really difficult I loved what you said about um holidays and not going on holiday with other people <laughs> you're just quite firm you're like no <laughs> sorry sorry friends but I mean they've all got my book none of them have mentioned that bit but I they must understand how I feel I said to Bodge literally two days ago, we're planning our honeymoon and we're going to France. We're taking Noah and the dogs to France. And um, we were looking at this, we were looking at like Airbnbs and we found this Airbnb that was serious. It was so expensive. But if there were like 20 of you, you, it it would be affordable. And Bodge said, we all get a group of us to go. And I was like, yeah, but you know what? I just want to go with adults and Noah. And he's like, that's not fair. And I was like, why? He was like, you can't take Noah, but then expect our friends with their kids not to bring theirs. And I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. So do we have to do, we have to do holidays with children? <laughs> I just, do you know what it is? I'm still trying to hang on to that bit of me that was like, you know, when I, before Noah, obviously I never went on holiday with anyone, anyone with kids. It was just adults only. And I really enjoyed those kind of holidays. But I just, I find it, I just, I don't think I'd find it enjoyable going on a holiday with loads of parents and kids. I just, in fact, I know I wouldn't find it enjoyable because I've spent days with other parents and kids. You know, like when you're just at a party or a gathering and you're like, well, imagine if we're on holiday. There's lots of kids, lots of different ages, lots of different dynamics, lots of different wants and needs, tantrums. I just don't think, I mean, tell me how many holidays you've been on with other kids. We we did it. We did it when I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old I mean, that was already mental, going on a plane with that. It's awful, awful, dreadful. We've got pictures of us just looking so strung out and just shit everywhere, like all our rice cakes. And anyway, we went away with, and it was Doug's two best mates and their wives and kids. But all the kids were slightly different ages. There was like a six-month-old who was just still only feeding um, milk. And then there was my two, and then someone else had like a 10-month-old. and it was with the first night was amazing because we were like yeah we can still do this we can still go on holiday and drink heavily and and then the rest of it was just a disaster because we had a villa which had marble everywhere so every time one kid cried all the kids cried everyone was on slightly different like ages so when they fed or when they slept so it was all different and also all the couples were quite tense because we all had small kids so it's not like everyone yeah. was like having a lovely time and really in love yeah. and like Doug and I would be in our room going fucking great at each other and then you'd have to open the door and be like hi guys oh, everyone having a good time <laughs> no that sounds awful it really does it was and we all we now we can talk about it but yeah now you can talk about it yeah. why is the first night of every holiday always great like we flew to Portugal and it was the dream flight and on the first night oh, yeah. we actually took Noah out she slept in her pram and we had dinner we were yeah. like this is great we do, we do this every night she never did that again for the rest of the holiday yeah never did it again was up trying to rip our cutlery off the table like crying didn't want to be in her pram and I was just like this is 
it's not fun. Yeah. You have to just accept that holidays are different and they're a different ball game. And maybe I will have to get used to the idea of going away with my friends. All of them went to this caravan park. There must have been 40 of them. Oh, my God. Parents and like 20 kids. Yeah. Ranging from naught to like 15. Bloody hell. I mean, imagine. Mm. And they said, just come. It'll be a laugh. And I, I had to just be honest and say, it's just not for me. I love you all, yeah. but I'm really excited about tomorrow. There's 20 of us, all girls. We're all going out for my mate's 40th and we're going to for a brunch, a boozy brunch. Perfect. And it's just the girls. And I was like, that's how I want to hang out with you. Yeah, yeah, I really yeah. just want to, I want to, and I, mu- I much prefer seeing my mates when it's just us and we're not trying to, like even just going to visit my friend's new baby the other day. He's gorgeous. He's only a few months old, but I had drove to hers. I thought Noah would nap. She didn't. Um, Shirley vomited in the car because like, I took the dogs with me. Obviously, I don't leave them at home ever. So I took the dogs with me as well. Shirley puked up in the car all over the brand new car seat. Oh, Two minutes. Oh. It took an hour to get there. Two minutes. Shirley, t- as we were arriving, she vomited. Noah fell asleep in the last, I think, eight minutes of the journey. Oh, and I was gosh. like, oh, shit. And your heart's going. I've got to know. Yeah. No wonder you're feeling like that. And then, <laughs> I know. So then Noah's, luckily, because she was asleep when we arrived, yeah. I was able to clean the stick up and I was able to get the dogs in, the pram in, a load of stuff that I bought, like baby stuff for my friends and new baby, got them all in, got her out the car in her car seat thinking she'll stay asleep. She didn't. She woke up straight away because I put the car seat on the ground. <laughs> And I didn't have the, you know, the actual handle. Yeah. It kind of like, I didn't have it upright. So she fell forward oh, in the well. car seat. Thankfully, she was strapped in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she shit herself and woke up and was like, what the fuck's going on? I'm trying to have a sleep here. And I was arrive. Like, so... uh... Oh, and then, and then obviously my friend's got her newborn and they, she's got a dog. And then I've got my two. I'm trying to give Noah her lunch, which is a peanut butter sandwich. She sat on the floor and the dogs are all trying to nick it. And then my mate's trying to feed her little boy who's crying and she's like, oh, hang on, I need to give him a bottle. And then we're trying to order breakfast. It took us ages to even, I said, let's just get brunch. I don't want you cooking. So I, get, I got some delivery brunch delivered to the house. Yeah. And I was like, you eat yours while I hold the baby. And so I held her little baby while she had the brunch. And it was free. So and then I said, right, no one needs to sleep. I was like, she hasn't slept. Like it's, it's her lunchtime nap. Yeah. So we took them out for a walk. I was like, she'll sleep in the pram. An hour we were out for, she didn't fall asleep. Oh. And I was like, oh, she'll sleep in the car on the way home, but I have to get home before like four o'clock. Otherwise it's a danger nap, isn't it? Yeah. She didn't sleep in the car on the way home yeah. and she was getting really ratty. And so it was all in all, I got home and I was so stressed out. Yeah. I was like, that wasn't fun. I loved meeting my kids, yeah. baby. Yeah. I loved giving her a hug. It was really nice. But I felt like I couldn't really focus on a conversation with my friend either. No. It was really, you know, I really wanted to go, sit down and talk to her about how she was doing because she's yeah. struggling a bit. Yeah. And how, you know, I wanted us to just, you know, have that. But the dogs were all running. When we took them out for a walk as well, the three dogs were all trying to do their different thing. One of them went, went into the mud. The other ran away. Like, there was just so much to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, Noah's mittens got caught up in the pram wheel and ripped. Was, my friend bought her these beautiful mittens and they ripped. Then Noah wouldn't sleep and I was trying to put the snoo shade over and she was crying. And I was like, fuck it. Do you know what? You're not sleeping. Just leave it. Let's stop forcing it. And then her, her baby was crying on the way home because he was hungry. And she was like, I was like, let's, yeah. I was like, let's just stop. And she was like, no, 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 I can't because I'm bottle feeding. I just got to get him back. And I was like, oh God. It's like, was it worth it? Like, really, was it worth it? Like, it would be better yeah, to yeah, do things just without the, like, I should have just left the Noah and the dogs at home on a Friday. But I really wanted to see our baby and there was, I couldn't fit any other time in. So you just yeah, learn, yeah. don't you? And you just, 
next time yeah but like i've got so my group there's six of us and one of them still hasn't met frank and he's four and a half <laughs> because when we get together and also he's my third everyone's less interested oh but we, it's become a running joke so she's like well i'll, I'll probably see him at his graduation <laughs> or whatever but i quite like it because when i see her it's about yes. us it's about my friendship with my girl they live in gloucestershire they're two hours away we don't or can't track about that everyone they've got teenagers most wow. of them like we've all got kids of yeah. different ages but we get it's like we're going to Marbella in September and because we were 40 in lockdown and it's like that's our, my focus with those lot is my friendship yeah. with them and we do still obviously catch up on how are the kids and all that stuff and everyone's got different crap going on all mm. the time but yeah, I, I'm not bothered because she feels really bad. And she'll always mention it. And, she'll come, and I'm like, I honestly don't care. I know that you would be there if yeah. I need you. I know if you, but Frank And perhaps it would be different if there wasn't social media, but, you know, you know, FaceTime and stuff yeah. like that. She FaceTimed yeah, him. They feel like they've seen them. <laughs> but, I, but I genuinely don't care. No, I bet you don't. He's I like, believe you that you don't care. It's one of those things, isn't it? It's your third. They met yeah, the first yeah. two. But also it's so important <laughs> yeah, to have right. that time, adult time and conversations yeah, that that's aren't just about kids. And I find when you do, even though I want Noah to socialise with other babies, it's. But I actually find that when you're on a play day, you tend to just speak about the babies and the kids. It's well, really you never hard. finish a yeah, sentence, you don't. do you? You almost go away and go, oh, fuck, I didn't tell her about yeah. this massive thing that yeah. happened. Or, yeah. So, but it's important to have it's... those like just adult conversations and nights out or lunches without the babies and kids where you can. And brunch is the best Isn't kind because you don't even need to I have know. a late night. It's 12 till 4. And you miss all the. Behind by 5. Oh. I can drunkenly yeah. bath. No, I'm joking. I can, but I can see yeah. her before she goes <laughs> to bed. And do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the best kind because if even if I've got a little bit of a hangover, I'll have a hangover tomorrow night and then I'll be fine on Sunday. It's just that chaos, and you're that when you I imagine if you could put a heart machine on when that stuff's going on, can you imagine what you'd see though? Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I spilled a pint of water just before this over a load of pictures that are on my floor oh, because they're meant to have gone on the wall. And so then you're like, oh, uh, I haven't put them on the wall. So you're like torturing yourself. Yes. And then I walk around the house just going, that still needs to be done. Oh, and that and I haven't <laughs> ordered that thing. And that 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 rush of like stresses you out. See, Bodge, I don't know if Doug's the same, but he's like, let it go. What? It doesn't matter doesn't it. that doesn't that's broken. It. it doesn't matter that the plinth above the fridge freezer hasn't been put back on where we had to have it taken off to get the fridge out because we had mice. Yes, it fucking yeah. does, Bodge. Right? The plinth has been like literally just laying flat and there's a gap <laughs> above the fridge. I was like, why isn't that back on? <laughs> Who hasn't screwed that in? And and they don't see it. So then they don't feel the need to do it. He, he could live with the plinth like that and the skylights as they are and the washing machine being Animal. Just live <laughs> like forever. He's like, nothing is that important. It's really not that important. I was like, yes, it is actually. And I always remind him a tidy home is a happy home. But we could probably do with taking a bit of their yes. mindset. Oh, you're so right. We have to take their advice as well because they are in some ways right. It doesn't matter really in the grand scheme of things. What matters is Noah being okay and fed and watered and being put to, you know what I mean all of that and us mm-hmm. being okay like we've definitely gone through the rockiest year of our relationship so far and it's not like you know sometimes I guess once you've had the kids and you got married and you've moved house and you're going through a rocky patch but you're not quite sure why that could be a worry it's still a worry yeah because we're getting married yeah. and I'm like oh are we okay or is it just because we've had a kid and when you look back at the last two years yeah. of our life, we sold our flat and moved straight into this house and then started renovating like two days later. And we were living here while we had it renovated. And then as soon as renovations were done, Noah came along. Like they finished the day before she came along. So then Noah came along. And as soon as Noah was, as soon as I was coming out of the postnatal depression around nine months, I was back at work and starting to write the book. And now the book's out. And now I started to plan the wedding. And I said to Bodge, I just think we've just gone through quite a lot of big life events in one go. So that's probably why we're, you know, we're so... You just feel disconnected, right? Like it's that thing where you're like... And and also you talked about how you loved your life before you had Noah and you you love Bodge, you love being together, you love the life that you had together. So it's really hard because it's completely... It is very different and it takes a while to work out what that now looks like because it is different. And the things that would have given you joy and the things that would have connected you and you would have laughed I can remember having Mm. phases where I was like I don't think I've laughed with you for months I've just kind of growled at you a bit it's horrible isn't it it's it's the person you love you're like what's happened to us and the whole point of having a baby was because we love each other yeah and that's what you have to remind yourself but you you are doing all the right like you're doing counseling and stuff and you've Mm. you've noticed it I think lots of people just probably don't even like you want that back or you want that and I think that's a huge deal yeah we do and I think 
and I keep saying to Bart, even yesterday, he was like, stop trying to do too much in a day. Because I said, he said, what, tell me what you've got on today. And I said, well, I'm going to the dentist and then I've got to go over to Hackney to sign some books for this giveaway, the giveaway that I'm doing. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to go to an event. And he was like, just don't go to the event. Mm. And I said, don't tell me what to do. And he was like, it's too much in a day for you, mm. I think. Anyway, I didn't go to the event. I took his advice and I feel much better for it because I was sitting at home last night eating ice cream and I was like, I'm so happy. That's the I best didn't go feeling. To the event. Yeah. I'm so happy I didn't have to get dressed. And then he said, have you got a busy day today? And <laughs> I was like, no, 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 just swimming. 9 till 10, podcast 10.30 till 11.30, then filming 12 till 4. Then I'm getting my nails done 5 till 6, and then it's spray town 6 till 7, and then I'm getting my hair done 7. <laughs> I was like, a lot of that self-care though, babe, because he rolled his eyes. I was like, no, hang on, nails, tan, hair, But self-care. it is, it's that moving from one thing to another. I'm exactly the same. And then yeah. getting to the end of the day, and we're like, Ugh. He was like, too many things in a day, Lola. And I was like, yeah, I know. But um, you see, yesterday when he said, have you got a busy day and a busy, he was like, just stop doing too much. And I said, once I leave Virgin Bodge, all of this stuff will be spread out across five days instead of me Mm. trying to squeeze it in Mm. on a Thursday or a Friday. So just give me, just can you just lay off me until next week? So if I'm still manic and doing all these things, once I leave Virgin, then you'll have a point. But I am really trying to help myself, you know, like I am trying to do things to make my life a lot less stressed. So he needs to kind of give me some slack, but he's been great. And that will be, that sounds like the amount of time your head, but you do, even just in your head, you must be constantly thinking about your show when you've got a show like yours. Yeah. So that is a huge thing that will be coming out of your pot. You just need to not add loads mm. more in. Yeah. <laughs> you go, oh, now I'm free to That's do. That's why he said, should we just, should we just not start our podcast straight away? Should we just see, just uh, let you a have a bit? Yeah. Cause I'm doing yeah. a few TV things, which are taking up time. So yeah. kind of replace. So he's like, let's just stop with the podcast prep for now yes. and get, and just get the wedding out of the way. Cause he was like, I think once the wedding's out of the way, that'd be a good time to start it. And he's actually right. Yeah. We've got a lot to plan for the wedding. So let's just do that. Yeah. And there's so. no one, there's no one on your back going, you need to do a podcast. It's yeah. your, you're in control. Are you Exactly. So. Oh, well, exactly. thank you so much for speaking to me. I won't take up any more of your time as you need to. But thank you. And I'm glad you're feeling better than you were. But yeah, you just look after yourself because it's she's still you tiny. You too. You've got three. Jeez. Yeah, but I'm not in that first Beautiful year or woman. two, mate. That's... Yeah, but you've still got three. I mean, I've got three. Yeah. You count the fur babies. Yeah. I've Barking at the cats. Yeah. <laughs> we're taking them all on our honeymoon. People think we're mental. But do you, are um, you having something? Do we doing something on your own first? Yeah, we're doing Lake Como for five nights. Oh, just us two. Can you imagine? We were planning it the other day, and I was like, we can, we can actually go for a siesta and then wake up and go Always. and have a cocktail at sunset. Yeah. I was like, we can, we can like go out for a whole meal and not worry about anyone waking up throughout the meal. You won't or know. Trying yourself. to steal our food. I was oh. like, this is going to be the best ever. What a start. Um, we we yeah. when we had kids your age, we would go for a weekend away and we'd get there and we would like shut the curtains, <laughs> close off, into bed for a nap. Like we, it was be like, Love are it. you having sexy times? Like, no. What it, what no, is the podcast that time. you guys are gonna do? You and Bodge. Oh, it's um, it's. Oh, I don't know if I should tell you. Oh, okay. Don't. I mean, there's no harm in me telling you. I guess it's nothing that hasn't been done before. It is called Kate and Bodge have a lot on their plates. Basically, Bodge is a really good cook, and he cooks for me most nights. Mm. And everyone's like, "Oh, can I have the recipe for that?" So we're doing a. It's like in our kitchen once a week. Bodge cooks. 
I'm just sat there observing, critiquing, tasting and drinking (laughs) wine. And we're going to, it's like kind of another couple's podcast, but with an added twist of we make something every week. We buy our ingredients from somewhere different every week. There is a story behind what we're cooking and why we're cooking it. And yeah, there's going to be loads of extra fun bits thrown in there. But it will be just like kind of joining us for dinner once a week. So we talk about our lives and what's going on. And yeah. Awesome. Name a lot on their plate. Nice. I like that's exciting. Yay. We're and really also to time for the two of you to like yeah. we had Rosie Ramsey on and she was like they she said that they one of the doing the podcast is one of the best things they've ever done. Because it's like couples therapy for them every week. Because they have time yeah. every, week every week that they otherwise don't have. I'm so really looking forward to it. I mean for me, just that like glass of wine while I'm watching him cook's just and we're just chatting. And then eating. Yeah, and then eating the food. And Absolutely. oh wow. And then I said, Why don't I be in charge of dessert every week? But like I'll surprise you one week I'll actually make something. Maybe I'll burn it, but who knows? Because I'm rubbish in the kitchen. But he was like, oh, I don't know if that's a good idea. And I was like, I think that's a good idea. I'm in charge of dessert every week and I surprised you. So it will be a good fun thing to go out and look for something that you've never had before. Yeah. Uh, he's not keen on the idea because I know he thinks that I'm just going to fuck it up. But um, whatever, it's <laughs> well, happening. that'll make for entertainment. You heard right? it here first. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully that will kick off in June. Well, thank you so much and good luck with your wedding as well. Oh, thanks, Steph. I'm very excited to get married. massive thank you to Kate for her time especially during what was a crazy busy week and yeah I hope she's managing to enjoy doing slightly less and not filling the gaps because that is the other thing that I find lots of us tend to do Um, but I think you can kind of see her relief or excitement Um, especially Noah's just started walking and is excited by trees and trains and all those lush things at that age they've sort of just turned one doing Um, and hopefully you start to get a bit more sleep and your brain just feels a bit more like your own. Um, So that's all, yeah, good. And anyone who is in it in the way that Kate describes, just know that um, your head won't always feel like that. And Kate describes a few ways she's got help that might be options for you, but it will be okay. I think it's important that we keep telling each other that. Um, Coming up on the podcast, we have an episode on sex in long-term relationships, which was fascinating. And also uh, Matthew Frey, who's the author of This Is How Your Marriage Ends. I've just finished his book and it's also bloody fascinating. It's led to some really big conversations with Doug. Um, We're 14 years in to, I think it's this year, I think 14 years this year married. but you're still navigating how to hold it together. And he talks about that you basically do need to keep bringing bringing yourself back together. It's a constant. It's not like you do it and you've got it nailed. (laughs) Yeah, so (laughs) that's coming up soon. Um, And I'd love to hear from you if you've got anything to add or ask on relationships or sex or any of the other topics we might cover. Um, You can DM me on Instagram or email podcast at don'tbuyherflowers.com. And if you've enjoyed this, I would hugely appreciate it if you would rate or review the podcast, subscribe, and then you'll get the notification when we release a new episode. And just thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a good week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.